This week on the podcast, Jason and I discuss how to achieve market alignment by design. We look at the barriers of the policy layer within many industrial economy businesses today, and we also dive into how to create a communication strategy to get to the heart of the customer. You're listening to Digital Bacon FM. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> it's time for a little bit of Monopoly. Good morning, sir. Hello, young man. You've got me shaking my booty all uh, all at once there, so uh, more please. That's <laughs> how I like to roll. So tell me, good sir, how are you and where are we going today? If I remember, it's slide 45 already. Yeah, we're trucking on through, right? Module 8, Chapter 31, Market Alignment by Design. So, uh, again, just as a quick recap, what we've been doing for these last few weeks is working our way through uh, a series of materials called uh, Monopoly the Planner, um, which formed the foundation of a whole lot of stuff inside our Monopoly Tribe website, Mm. uh, member community proposition. And uh, anyway, all of that has sort of coalesced into uh, a total sort of array of expanded materials uh, that speak to intelligent content marketing and how you build a monopoly from nothing with no money invested. Uh, And there's 10 modules and we're uh, up to module eight. So we're almost done. All righty. Right. Kick us off today then. All right. So basically... This module is all about what I've called uh, market alignment by design. Because when you're when you're producing an intelligent content marketing business model, well, use, producing a business using the intelligent content marketing business model, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in the shoes of the customer, and you're trying to work everything back from that to deliver the best possible experience that you can, and give them kind of what they need, and and, and crystallize kind of new value for the connection economy. Um, yep. And the way that the sort of the consumer mindset is at the moment is that because we've been in the industrial economy as long as we have, kind of most customer, most most people that are buying stuff, and things have improved in recent years, but generally most people are buying stuff. Um, there's inevitably sort of some kind of like friction between the the, the desire to transact and, and and finally getting to the point of transacting. And okay. when there's a kind of like a point of uh, concern or al- misallocation of risk, then normally in the industrial economy, what happens is you've got the, you have to you come you come across the policy layer, um, and the policy layer gets in the way of kind of like what you're producing and what your customers are trying to buy from you, um, and and because the policy layer has come in as a result of how the industrial economy encouraged the organisation of things in this fashion. It means that if you're putting together a connection economy proposition, you can actually go directly to the heart of the customer and you ask yourself, you know, what are you producing and what will your customers buy? Um, and then basically this gives you an opportunity to, you know, build a proposition from the ground up that reflects how the, you know, connection economy actually works. Um, okay, uh, and this ex- is- explain, mm-hmm. explain a little bit in detail what you mean policy layer. Okay, so... The policy layer is mid-level management, right? Or you've got somebody who's a frontline customer sales person or has got an interaction with a with a customer uh, and then suddenly thwarts the customer's objectives by throwing off, oh, we can't do that, it's our policy. 
Yeah. All right. So basically, the difference is you're removing barriers barriers to to entry and purchase. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So that then begs the question: If you're starting from scratch, as you know, we'd expect you to if you're using intelligent content marketing, about how can you actually sort of realize that this is a phenomenon that sets customer service experience expectations that you can engineer out so that there is no policy layer and that ultimately what you've done is you've given the customer exactly what they want and given it to them with a smile on their face. So mm -hmm. that's what connection economy sort of, you know, market alignment broadly is all, uh, all, all about. So um, how to sort of take that from, you know, an appreciation of, you know, what that represents from a customer mindset perspective uh, and how to communicate that into you know your customers so um basically it's all about you taking the opportunity to tell them the story of the market that you operate in what you're doing there uh, and why you're doing it and you okay. also tell them how it all works and then you construct your messaging to this end so if you set up your communication strategy with your customers um, by telling the story of, 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 of you know, what your market's all about, how you're re taking steps to reinvent it and why you're doing it and then show them how it all works um, and construct your messaging to that end. Ultimately, what happens is that you get market alignment by design because the customer's with you from day one because they know that you're doing things differently and they can expect different things. Um, and okay. if you combine that, communication strategy, that communication approach to the actual design of your uh, product or service that's coming off the back of you reinventing the niche in the way that you have. You get true market alignment by design because you've got product market fit uh, and you've also got complete understanding as to you know what your organization is all about and thereby enabling them to make sense and, uh, and garner trust. Right. I'm going to give you an industrial economy experience from the weekend now as you know i've been adding new kit into the studio and i decided um, a couple of weeks ago to buy myself uh, some new dj equipment and yeah. i thought what what i'd like to do is to um get myself a new cdj all right i've got a turntable and then i wanted to get a cd cdj which i could put into the mixer um and i got some of the equipment from johannesburg and it was completely over the internet. Uh, as soon as I made the um, the inquiry, the owner of the company phoned me and he said, what would you like? How would you like me to send it? And uh, it was over in about 15 minutes. It was painless. And as he promised, it was with me the next day. All right. Yeah. So the, the, the internet has it's uh, place and certainly doing business over the internet is much easier than it used to be. That little added touch of the owner phoning to make sure that I received my goods in good order was really, really nice. I'd like to counter that, though, with an industrial economy um, experience I had over the weekend. I wanted to buy a new piece of equipment and I went down the south coast to, to see my honey um, and they've got a music shop there. So I went into the music shop and I had the intention of buying this piece of kit. I had seen it online, but I hadn't put my hands on it um, and just had a feel of it to see if it's solid and if it was decent. So I knew that it was going to cost about 600 Rand more to get it uh, in the physical shop rather than just get it online, which was okay. I had no, no problem with it. 
So I said to the chap behind the counter, I'm really interested in getting one of those. I've never, never seen it. I don't want to plug it in. I just want to have a look and see how it's built, um, just to make sure that it's solid. He wouldn't open the box, Stephen. Wow. <laughs> he said, I don't, I don't want to open the box because then the next person that looks is going to think that it's second hand. So, so I said to him, I just want to have a look and if I like it, I'm going to buy it. So he said, no, it's just how we do things. So I said, okay, Wow, there you go, right. There's the policy layer. And, and he owns we the shop, are, right? He owns the shop. And you know what the piece of equipment was? Five and a half grand. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, and it's a wow. tiny little music shop in a one-horse town. And it probably would have been his biggest sale of the day. Uh, and if, no problem. If that's how he wants to run his business, that's fine. But the next time I need a piece of equipment, I'm going to go online and get it because nice. that old-fashioned face-to-face thing, they can't yeah. keep up. Yeah. They just can't keep up. And w- what's going to happen is people will buy online and then it'll be another, oh, everybody's disrupted the market and they've forgotten about us, how, mom and pops. The mom and pops this? are the ones that are... Uh, he's, how old oh, this guy? He's, old. he's old. He's your age. Hey. <laughs> I'm on the leading no, I mean, edge of you know. <laughs> uh, so are airplane wings. Um, no, he he's probably late forties, early fifties. Wow. Uh, established business, but I either he didn't take me seriously in that he thought I would actually just buy the piece of kit, um, or he just didn't fancy opening the box and really thought that opening the box would prejudice um, selling it to somebody else. But he lost a sale. May you know so, anyway. some some you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Some people are, you know, they're they're not going to evolve, right? That's the reality. The the thing is that ten out of ten people want to open the box and have a look inside. Or if you don't want to go down that, that road, that's fine. Then speak to the supplier of your stuff and say, Listen, people are asking to see this. I need a demo on the shelf. Well, there you go, mate. You know, you're reinventing his business because he's clueless as how the world operates these days, right? You know, unbelievable. Yeah. He's probably been doing and that for this, for 20 years and that's all he's done. That's all he knows. Well, yeah, clearly that's yeah. all he knows. Yeah, so I think we've probably said all that we could probably want to say on that, all things considered. I mean, that all came about really through me and Martin uh, knowing originally that the power of free would work and then it was a case of sort of understanding how incrementally how the internet kind of works and what the constituent parts of knowing how the internet sort of all works. And then you finally conclude that actually what the web gives you is the ability to scale your yourself, your proposition, your best array of value into into a market that, you know, is ready to receive it. And there's, it's, you know, it's, it's deems it irresistible and wants to transact with you and that, that's kind of like the uh, the golden fleece isn't it of modern marketing creating a situation <laughs> where they come to you and they all want to transact with you so market alignment by designers you know na- na- flows naturally out of that line of thinking actually mm-hmm. so and the, what we've discussed are just the observations after the fact yeah now, because we have a little bit of time left before we'll need some music, um, I see you've already sent me slide number 46, Market Alignment by Design Part 2. Do you have time yeah. to go through that one? Uh, mate, I've just, we've just covered that. I'm, I'm ready to go on to Module 8, Chapter 30, uh, 32 to skip along at a rate of knots. Well, here this, we go. Let's get this bad boy done. And you know the 
problem. I could have actually saved my really good story for delivering an unrivaled customer service experience. Thank you to that music shop owner, not. Well, <laughs> right. So perfect segue, actually. There you um, go. So, so the way that I've kind of concluded that the sort of customer service experience that you want to impart uh, can be gleaned from a number of what are, I think, really ultimately self-evident facets that if you inject all of these things into your proposition, the customer service experience that you lay on top of the uh, market alignment by design dynamic makes, you know, the whole thing as effective and efficient as it can possibly be to, you know, to be a proposition that's going to deliver for you. So um, what I learned was sort of a few things that like a combination of my own intuition after having sort of done this stuff down the years and had it being reinforced by other sort of good thinkers or having seeing it in applied in practice and knowing how how actually you know they're validating it for me um one of the though the first thing that was that that, that is absolutely pivotal is to treat your employees as your first customer mm. um and what i mean by this is that you know, it's much better for me to concentrate on on 27 families uh, than having to concentrate on a thousand customers or even more. Because if yeah. I take care of my people, they'll take care of the customers. So that's a no-brainer. And Southwest yeah. Airlines have clearly validated that what that's all about. Um, another phenomenon in delivering an arrival customer service experience is to build a, an emotional connection with your customer. Um, and that is typified in what the shoe retailer now owned by Amazon Zappos are all about. We've talked about them before on your yeah. show. Uh, they've just, you know, created that particular uh, moment that encapsulates typically sort of a woman with her when she goes shoe shopping. You know, all that sort of magic of, of, of having, you know, being attended to and all that kind of stuff. They've, they've kind of put all that into Waffle and, and, and deliver it online. And it's just, you know, uh, an obvious way to go about, you know, trying to connect with your customers. So um, we try to build emotional a customer, emotional connection with our immigration customers. And we try to build an emotional connection with our um, intelligent content marketing customers. And the emotional connection on the intelligent content marketing side is, look, you know, I've been there, I know what it's all about, I, I feel your pain. Um, this is something that, you know, you're probably, you know, be a bit bit scared, a bit reluctant to get involved in, but the reality is that, you know, uh, everything that you need to be successful with this stuff to de-risk it as far as it can be possible to de-risk is all available to you. So the reason why I'm doing it for you like this is because I know what it feels like to be where you are now, you could just copy me. So that's this kind of emotional connection that we're trying to connect, we're trying to okay. generate. I've I've got a question here just um in, in trying to understand the differences. If you if you're building an emotional connection with people that work at a business and an emotional connection with a brand, how would you say that those two differ? Uh, in well, that I'm uh, like my, no, uh, in my in my in my business, intelligent content marketing, the brand is no different from from the individual or the team or the organization that's put forward. Okay. So All right. yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then on the uh, on on the immigration side, we try to build an emotional connection with our customers in terms of delivering peace of mind. Mm. All right. Okay. So, Real time feedback. 
Right, indeed. So another, the third element that uh, uh, enables you to design and ultimately deliver an unrivaled customer service experience is, as you say, to get real-time feedback. Uh, get feedback as you deliver the experience. Just ask, ask, ask. If you iterate, you know, te- if you if you iterate, you know, check and test and compare how your iterations are performing. Um, mm. But fun- fundamentally, just always always keep keep an open dialogue with your customers and continue to allow them to appreciate that they have a relationship with you that's a relationship that they can call upon just by sending out an electronic communication and somebody will actually act on that and get back to you and help you address whatever is giving you concern for uh, you know for the reach out in the first place mm. um, and then really yeah item four in uh, your unrivaled customer service experience is to focus firmly on your in, on individual customer needs and I count this as strategic flexibility and and what this is really all about is uh, as we see in immigration all the time uh, it's clear that a customer needs to have the service delivered to them in a certain way against a certain sort of you know value package and uh, and rather than you know not help them because they don't fit into our round pegs, well, the round pegs and square hole situations, we basically design what we're going to sell to them around the particular circumstances that that customer finds itself in and the, the, the natural places where we add value in helping them solve those problems. So, um, you know, we certainly have products and services that are vanilla out of the box, as, you, as it were. Um, but we're also uh, open at all times to, you know, be flexible to suit customer needs as they present them. Now, if you were if you were considering starting a business, and you wanted to have a um, your, your vanilla option, um, but then wanted to continue with a, a tailor made option, is that scalable? Well, yeah, at the end of the day, it is. It obviously depends what you're selling. But for the vast majority of intelligent content marketeers, they're going to be putting forward their, you know, themselves as value and their team as value. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is there's certain scale to, you know, what you're what, what you're all about, depending on how, you know, you've configured your, your products and services. But um yeah, that's the one of the the interesting things about that point that you raise is what do these future growing intelligent content marketing enterprises that have adopted this business model business model in the five or ten years down the track now, mm-hmm. um, you know, with with the evolution of all the new services that they they, they, they would be offering that are new literally new to the marketplace, uh, you know, how the market ends up being serviced. Uh, in the way that this particular, you know, business model works, and what those customer service experiences sort of end up looking like. Okay, so um, yes, moving along these through these swiftly. Uh, practice social listening. This is the fifth thing that you can do. Just you know, hang around where you know that opinions are voiced. Twitter or um, Facebook groups, public forums, just whatever your particular niche is all about um uh find out what people are saying uh in that niche that allows you to you know anticipate what customer needs might be and obviously we can uh 
getting gossip on those that might not be, uh, you know, doing their best work these days. But social listening gives you all kinds of insights that allow you to um, connect with your customer. Okay, so uh, number six, uh, yes, the six out of nine of how to, you know, deliver an unrivaled customer service experience is to get data, be guided by the insights. And intelligent content marketing gives you this stuff because you can, you know, create, you answer questions in natural language and over time you get to understand how many people are looking for answers to those particular questions and that kind of insight is to you know tells you kind of what's actually happening in the marketplace which gives you the ability in turn to you know anticipate perhaps new, new products and services from things that you might learn through the insights gleaned from you know people traveling across your website uh, and those insights are just not available to your competitors because if your competitors don't have a content platform, they can't, they, they don't have this as their secret weapon, you know. And then uh, moving along swiftly, prove that you really appreciate your customers, make special efforts, both systematically and opportunistically. Uh, and this is just from an immigration perspective, you know, uh, providing an extra piece of work that came up on short notice that we, you know, normally we charge for, but just to give it away for free. Um, mm. Perhaps eating a disbursement that was unexpectedly incurred at the last minute and instead of going through all the kerfuffle of issuing a fee note for the, for the 230 Hong Kong dollars, just let it slip and say, I don't worry about it kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then the old Kagi uh, array of... Um, you know, chocolate to, to say thank you and to, and to surprise and delight. So, yeah, that's a, a really low-cost, easy way that, you know, you can build into the DNA of your business model that, that's going to amount to a customer service experience par excellence. Mm. And, again, I suppose that all comes down to developing and keeping and maintaining that relationship. Well, that's it, right? At the end of the day, it's not hard work to you know, understand what another person needs to get from you and if you apply the golden rule then you know uh you can't really go wrong so uh then the last two so that we can finish on time um is to speak human and kill the jargon uh basically you know just well use vernacular that that that, that people can understand <laughs> the appropriate use of vernacular <laughs> well, I I love that. You must you must use vernacular. <laughs> use language. Use words. Exactly. Right, I got you. right. Yeah, you get me, don't you? Yeah. And <laughs> then encourage engagement. Uh, be ever present in your niece. So just mm. take every opportunity to hang out where the cool kids hang out and uh, put yourself out there. And uh, before too long, that tribe that you know, natural will result from all of your um, leadership efforts through the publishing activities that you're, uh, you're going to be embarking on uh, will get you your just connection economy, intelligent content marketing desserts. Uh, are we good for next week? We certainly are. Um, uh, I shall be, I'll be waiting by the telephone until, you know, the Skype call rings when we're about to start next week. Digital Bacon FM. That's it for another episode. I hope you found it interesting and useful and hopefully you can go on to integrate it within your own connection economy business. Today's episode is just another example of when you take away things like the policy layers within the industrial economy modus, you also remove so many barriers to entry and can really get to the heart of the customer. 
Thanks for listening. Join us next week where we discuss idea viruses, building and loving your tribe, and how to find secrets that your competition can't.